the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey, everybody. It is uh, the Mess It Up Podcast, and I'm here, your host, the Bowtie Guy. I got my friend Faith from Milwaukee. Hello. Coming on. Uh, So uh, we're going to talk a little bit today. You've heard Faith before. Uh, You'll probably hear Faith again, but today... We're gonna have a little faith. Gotta have faith. Faith, faith, faith. Yeah, that's not the song of the week. We'll get to the song of the week later. I will tell you right now, though, uh, that we have a word of the week, and the word of the week was sent in by uh, a listener in Texas, and it's a kind of a fun one because it's not one that you use very often, but I like it. It's it's a little to me. It feels a little old timey, um, and it's milk toast, and this is not. M-I-L-K-T-O. It's M-I-L-Q-U-E-T-O-A-S-T. It's one word, milk toast. And it's a timid person. It's a person who's like really like, uh, like kind of blah or bland or, you know, something just really milk toast. It's just like nothing there. Is um, it also a food product? That That is uh, something that can be, um, but... Um, it's, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's typically like an insult or it's it's a derogatory thing. And we don't want our, my Christianity, I don't want it to be milk toast. Mm. You know, it's like being lukewarm, I guess, would be a, another way of um, of doing that. So anyhow, thanks for the, the word. Uh, if you can use it in your sentences this week, give yourself uh, 11 points because it's old timey. Oh. Um, so we'll give a little bonus on that one. Um, and I do appreciate if you want to send in words of the week, you can send them to bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. And that's how I got this last one was at the email. You can also, if you want to text it to me, uh, the phone number is 760-608-1942. Uh, and, uh, or you can just call and say hi, whatever. I, I enjoy talking to people. Um, we are on social media. Did you know that, Faith? I, you are on Facebook. Uh-huh. You are on Instagram. We are. You are on what's that one that nobody uses anymore? We're on Twitter. We're on we're on MySpace. MySpace. Yeah, we're on Reddit. Um, so you can get a hold of us on the the social media platforms. You can post the show. I really appreciate it when you do that because that gets it out there. If uh, you want to go out and review, rate and review the shows, you can do that. Uh, give us a, a, a new rating on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done that yet. Uh, hopefully, there's still you know that's still helping out because they they redid their their formula. Uh, a while back and so we've been trying to get people to re-rate the show to to bump us up in the the ratings on that um and uh if you want to become a real you know big helper of the show what you can do is become a patron and it's simple for as little as a dollar a month you can financially support the show and the ministry and i just found out that we are going to be going back into the prison, hopefully in July. So uh, those funds are even more necessary because we help to pay for our missionaries to have gas, to drive. Uh, We're gonna be buying uh, supplies, Bibles, uh, studies, paper, and just all the stuff that you need uh, to do a Bible study. We provide that for the guys in the prison and it's not free. Uh, so uh, your money goes directly to helping prison ministries and getting missionaries into the prisons to do the work. So thank you for being a patron. And can I just say, just, just want to point out, a dollar a month, 
a dollar a month, that's less than a cup of coffee. Yes. I went to Starbucks today. I used to get, well, I always get a short star, uh, um, coffee. The, the smallest they have. It's just an eight ounce cup of coffee. It used to be $1.50 when I started working at Starbucks. It is now $2.25 today is what I paid for that little eight See? ounce cup of coffee. Two twenty-five. Less than a cup of coffee. Cup, cup of coffee. It's half, you. half the cup of coffee. Yeah. It's so a great deal, people. Yeah, yeah, and and you can go up for more there. We have new um, uh, benefits on our Patreon site, and for our our power washers, which are twenty five dollars or more a month, uh, we have a book club that we are cool. doing, and we're we have a. Um, what we call buddy read going on. So we'll read and people will put their thoughts in and you can read that on our, our discord channel. So check it out. It's mess it up podcast.com. Click on become a patron and you can find out all about that kind of stuff. We really, really super appreciate our patrons and uh, everyone who supports the show. And, and if you don't want to do that, if it's not for you, that's fine. Always going to be a free show because we want to get the information out there. So uh, we just thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Faith. I think that's all I've got. Did I, I told I said the word of the week. You did. Yeah, and I didn't do it in a very milk toast way. I hope. Oh, 11 points. Oh, and uh, I think we got it all out there. I think you're right. All right. So, so what I wanted to talk to Faith about is um, her life over the last year. We've talked about it. We had Pastor Dan on. That's uh, Faith's husband, and he talked about his health issues. And so we're up here uh, in. Oregon right now visiting because their daughter graduated. That means you now have more than half of your children are high school graduates. Yes. And um, that's fun. That's scary. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really crazy that a 23-year-old lady has three high school graduates, but somehow that's the way it worked. Um, but we're up here and, and dealing with Dan's health issues and whatnot, and you used to be a, well, I don't want to tell your story. Before all the health issues, tell us what, what life looked like for Faith. Um, well, we kept busy. You know, Dan's a pastor, so there's always minister jobs, you know, we have to do. And I help Dan with Bible study often. And and small church pastor, so that means you don't have staff doing all the things. Right. And ministry leaders, are, you guys are doing a lot of the Absolutely. heavy lifting. So, if you know, if there's something that needs to be done at church, it's Dan, me, or the kids most of the time. Um, and as my kids get older, it's less and less my kids and <laughs> more and more just me and Dan. Um, but that's there's good and bad because it's a small church that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but also sometimes it just requires us to do more. So I'm busy with church, obviously still having kids at home and that. And then I was a preschool teacher. Yeah. Um, and so I, it was actually convenient. I was a teacher at the same place where my kids would go to school. Mm-hmm. So I'd get up in the morning. We'd all go to school together. My I was done by the time my kids got out of school. So we'd all come home together. So that was really good. And, um, you know, just you know, like everybody else, everybody's busy. Everybody's right. got a job. And, right. And, 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 you know, one of the things, too, about being a small church pastor is you're doing those jobs but you're not collecting the salary that people be collecting on that. And so a lot of small church pastors, bivocationalism is not right. uncommon. Right. And so I mean, it was nice that you were working, right. but that uh, helped out with the tuition. Correct. And also right. just bringing in extra yeah. money, you know, to keep the family going. Yeah, my kids got to go to school for free at the private school that they were attending because I was a teacher. 
Um, so that was that was super helpful, and yeah, then it helped us with a little bit of the extra bills. Car actually, I started going back to work because our van died, and we needed a new van, and we've only had one vehicle for a long time. So um, when that one van died and we no longer had a vehicle, we had to go purchase one, and so that I started working for that one particular reason. Yeah. So that we could buy a car and my my salary went mostly to that. Yeah. And then, you know. So then as Dan is uh, uh, health digressed um, and the, the illness progressed, it required more and more for you to be able to provide care Correct. for him. And so uh, when did you stop working at the school? Um, everything really came to a head um, in I would say probably January. It was almost like, like I could see in December, Dan's health has been declining for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and we had done, I, I think you guys talked about the TIPS procedure that we mm -hmm. did in December with Dan. And before, even before December, he was having several health issues. And I mean, you could just see, I mean, even you, you were here a couple of times last year and you could see how much he kept declining. Um, so I would say in January, by the end of January, things were really coming to a head. Like, uh, his health was to the point where, um, he could not do things for himself that he was already doing for himself. But in December, he had stopped driving. Yeah. Um, because he just wasn't able to, uh, where I'd had my oldest son would help drive him places while I was at work if he had a doctor's appointment or whatever. But then in January, um, he was no longer able to, um, like even take medicine. Like he couldn't recognize, did I take this? Did I not take this? Mm -hmm. Sometimes he was taking, when, when I really started to become aware is when I saw him taking two doses of medicine instead of one. And, um, so that put me on alert and kind of said, Hey, what's going on? He, had already reduced the amount of times he was preaching because he just he physically couldn't do it. He mm -hmm. had some voice issues. He couldn't talk. He was so tired. He couldn't wake up mentally. He just wasn't around. Um, so in February, I had told my my preschool director, my oldest son was gonna. Uh, we were we were figuring my oldest son was going to be coming to hang out with you for a little while. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just told her, I can't leave my husband alone. By the end of February, when my son leaves, I need to, um, not be working so that I can stay home and take care of Dan. And then, uh, I told her that two days later, we all ended up with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so technically when I called and told her, Hey, by the end of February, I won't be working. That was actually the last day I went to work. It was, and I, we had all expected that I was not going to be working there at the end of summer. The goal had always been, once my daughter graduated from high school, I was gonna quit working at the preschool, I was gonna start working um, for myself, trying to do some catering jobs. And so she knew that by summer I was gonna be working, but then when I said, oh, the end of February, uh, was a little more sudden, and then when we got COVID and I couldn't go into work and the, my two weeks happened to be right right at when I would be 
putting in my resignation, then it was set in for everybody, for my families, of my, you know, my parents right. and my kids, and and for me, and it was, I remember after we were done with COVID, taking my kids to school, um, and not going to not work, going, right, yeah, and just coming home and crying every day because I missed it. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely love my job. Um, I have a great time playing with the kids. I'm very kid like. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I have a lot of fun, and so I drive home. Did you get a chance to say goodbye to the class at all? Did you go in and, and... no, because of COVID. So in preschool, because of COVID, um, we have. I forget what they're called, but they're like brats. <laughs> no, no. Oh. we have certain like rules, like only the teacher. Okay, so contact rules. Yes, yeah. only the teacher is allowed inside. That parents weren't even allowed in our building at all. Oh. They had to stay outside, drop their kids off. So once once I put in my resignation and couldn't come, I was no longer allowed into gotcha. the building. I did have um, a couple of kids who were super close to me and their parents brought them over to my house they dropped off cards uh the ladies at work um at the end of february threw me a party and the parents all did a drive-by oh nice parade and they showered me with gifts and cards and um it was just really really sweet oh that's fun yeah so um what was that like thinking about okay i know i've got to do this to take care of uh, my family, but not being able to financially help support. What was that decision making like mentally for you? Well, it was more than just <coughs> um, the whole entire the whole entire couple of months. Like I said, everything kind of came to a head in January. So obviously, as a small church, we don't have a ton of funds, and even before COVID hit, our church just kind of. Right, right around when COVID started hitting, our church just kept kind of shrinking, mm-hmm. and shrinking. And then when COVID hit, and then we had to stop meeting in person for a little while. And then when we were able to open it back up, not everybody decided to come back. And of course, I feel like there's probably a lot of people who were scared, mm-hmm. um, didn't want to continue to tithe. Um, and around about, you know, the way churches run is through people tithing. Right. Pastors get salary through people tithing. Right. That's just how things work. And when you're in a small church um, and you have four or five faithful families and then all of a sudden you have two faithful families, um, it's going to cut into your pastor's salary. Yeah. And so Dan had already taken, before January hit, he had already taken two salary cuts that year or the year prior. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... I knew we had run out of savings. By the end of January, our church would be out of savings. Um, so I, I knew before I even had to quit my job, we're about to come up to a position where we no longer have hardly any income coming into our church. Um, and I wasn't aware that I was going to have to quit so soon. Mm-hmm. But... I was super concerned about how what is that going to look like, and Dan was not mentally able to um, handle or to even figure out what we're going to do or how that looks like, and so because of and, and and if you haven't heard the other episodes, his body is producing and, and collecting more ammonia, which makes it so his brain 
disengages. Yeah, he just, like mentally, he can't even comprehend sometimes what's going on around him. Um, so, um, you know, our whole entire marriage, Dan has taken care of everything for me. I've never even made my own doctor's appointment. Like, I'll go to work, Dan will call my doctor, make a doctor's appointment for me for all the kids. He's filled out every single piece of paperwork. He's paid every single bill. Um, so I've been really spoiled and pampered in that way. And then all of a sudden... So you're the pampered chef. <laughs> True that. Nice. Um, but, you know, now all of a sudden he's not able to... He can't even pay bills in our house. And I don't even know where all the bills are. Mm. Um, so... I knew coming in January, coming into January, that it was looking scary. And I had no idea what bills needed to be paid at the church. I had no idea who I was supposed to call. Um, and then I had to quit my job. February, between February and March, neither one of us had an income coming in. Wow. Wow. And that's not, um, that can be a scary place. It was super, super, super scary. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in that right there and, and come back and talk about it. But I want to uh, take a little bit of a break, throw it to our, our song of the week. And I know that sometimes when I'm feeling like I'm up against the wall or whatever, one thing that I need is a song. And so we like to give a song of the week. The song of the week this week uh, is uh, one from Rhett Walker. It's called Gospel Song. So we're gonna give you about 90 seconds of Gospel Song come back and talk about that and then talk more about uh, faith and what's going on now. So here's 90 seconds of gospel song from Rhett Walker. Walker. Uh, I noticed he took the name band off. It used to be the Red oh. Walker band. Now it's just Red Walker. And uh, he worked with For King and Country on this song, oh. uh, which is also a lot of fun. But I just, I, I, to me, this is a, a big sing-along, bouncy, you know, drive the car. Very fun, yes. Yeah, to it. What, what, what's, uh, what impression did you get from this or what stood out? Um, talk to me. Well, I, so in the lyrics itself, it says, I could listen to my heart, I could listen to the world, I could listen to my problems, which during my time, mm -hmm. you know, that's screaming at me. But what I think I need to hear nice, 
and loud and crystal clear is about who's going to solve them. Mm. And that really is, in essence, what I needed to focus on. And it's really what got me through those two months and six months and year was sometimes I would get focused on my problems, but when I focused on God, it made things better. Yeah, yeah. And I I think that it's true. Having a song that you can have with me, I, I like the fact, because I can remember songs better than I can remember you know, prose or, you know, Bible verses. I don't remember them real well, but I can remember songs and I can sing it when something's going on. And I remember being in uh, jail and being in the shower and, uh, you know, in the shower is one of the places where you can kind of let yourself go and people can't tell if you're crying or breaking down or anything like that. And I would just be singing songs in the shower uh, to myself to just push through those things. And, you know, when it, when it says, you know, something about, that amazing grace sound of praise makes my troubles not seem so strong. It's really true for me. It just, it, it lets me focus on that. And we tease Dan about listening to the Gaithers and, um, you know, just old timey gospel stuff. But, you know, I asked him, he said, you know, it, it reminds me of the truths of the Bible. And I was like, you know what? It's not for me, but it's for you. And I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, and, and it, it does, I mean, have a song in your heart so you can take it everywhere. They can't take, I, I, I would tell my guys in the prison, I said, you know, they can take your stuff. They can take your, your belongings. They can't take your thoughts. That's and right. if you've got a song, if you've got a verse, if you've got knowledge in your head, nobody can take that away from you. No matter how much, you know, they try to take, you still got that. So, um, so I really like that. Uh, thanks, Rhett Walker, for, uh, for putting that out there for us and uh, giving us another song to be thinking about. And a great way to drive down the road and just, you like know. It. Boom, boom, boom yes. with the steering wheel. It's a good Roll one for that. Roll the window down. Mm-hmm. Give a little shout. You know, get the truckers to honk the horn. <laughs> Does anybody do that anymore? My daughter, or granddaughter Nora, learned how to do that on their last road trip they took, and she loves getting the truckers to honk the horn. She thinks it's the best. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, uh, back in February, March time frame, you quit. I'm imagining there were a lot of deep breaths, oh. and um, I, I try to have faith when I can on stuff, but sometimes it's a little like I just want to know where mm-hmm. it's coming from and, and how it's going to be. I tend to be very faithful about the bills getting paid. That doesn't tend to make me fret. Uh, where am I going to get my, my fun stuff? That might make me fret. But um, I have had those times, like when I came home from jail and I didn't have a job and we were so underwater with debt and bills, that was that caused me major stress. What did you do to push through that? Honestly, um it wasn't a lot of what I did. It was a lot of what God did for me mm-hmm. um, on my behalf. And um, he just brought people into my life. It says in scripture, God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's tons of scriptures that talk about when we're in trouble and we call out to him, he will come to us. Um, I spent a lot of time crying. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time. I mean, I was literally days away from turning in both of our vehicles yeah not having a vehicle um i was i 
was getting ready to sell everything in our house and put up things for sale because I just didn't know, I didn't know what else to do. Right. Um, and God literally was just having people call me and saying, hey, I want to help you. Uh, let me come over to your house. And we had a friend from California who flew like the next day. And he, he was just like, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to, he's good with bills. And he, Dan was able by the grace of God to think clearly enough when he was here to get him to be able to see what bills have to be paid. He was able to help us negotiate with a couple of, of our bills. Um, he, God had some people, other pastors in Oregon city who knew what we were going through. And one of the pastors happens to be, uh, from the, our church that we owned was meeting in our church. He was a renter in our church and, um, just, everything put together they knew all about Dan's health they knew what we were going through um, they ended up uh, buying our church building from us to take that pressure off of us mm -hmm. um, but I didn't orchestrate any of that like that was all like God put kept putting people in my life it, the most amazing like I watched from February until the end of March those two entire months I watched God just people would just text me and say, hey, do you have a cash app? Do you have a Venmo? I'm gonna send you some money. I had a couple of ladies write us checks. I had people mail me checks. I had enough money in our account over those two months to, makes me choked up, <laughs> um, not only cover all of our bills, but pay off our black van. Right, the one that you took the job. To put, yes. Yeah to originally pay for so um like in in february when i saw okay when like at the first of february when we got enough money to pay our our rent check i felt relief and i was like okay god's gonna take care of us mm -hmm. and then all month long money just kept coming in and, and it did help we have the stimulus you know check in there too and so um like that just set me on the right frame of mind and that just reinforced everything I already knew yeah. about God yeah um, but it was like built my faith yeah and it just continued to and so from there the next month I was like okay you're gonna have to do what you do again God you know I don't know what we're gonna do by April the other church had purchased our building so that relieved um, because they're now paying us directly mm -hmm. um, a mortgage check because we own the building outright. So that is Dan's salary. Yeah. And so God has just been so faithful to provide financially for us that I, I have 100% trust and faith and peace. Like there's so much peace, peace. in my life mm -hmm. um, that I'm not scared about me not working. I'm not scared about me... Uh, having to know what to do with Dan or what bills I need to pay because I know that God is more capable and able and he knows more than I do. I didn't even know what bills I needed to pay. Yeah. Um, but I know God knows more than I know and he knows what needs to be done and he will always, always, always take care of me even when I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so it's also helped just within Dan's health because it can look bleak at times. when right. you, you He is an end failure liver disease you know he has in you know in stages liver disease yeah 
that can be scary. Um, we were on the list. Then I found out we weren't on the transplant list. Uh, now we're on the list again. Um, but, you know, that could be, they could say, well, we don't know. It could right. change every month yeah. where he is on the list and how soon you'll get one or how long it'll take to get one. Um, so all of that can seem scary and overwhelming if I did not have the reassurance that knowing that God will take care of me, that that he has been so faithful, he's been so good. Um, he has blessed us through so many people who have just reached out and told us they're praying for us, um, sent us money, sent me cards. I'm overwhelmed by how God has used other people to help us. Right, right. It's it's astounding. And, I, you know, when I think about miracles, you know, I think a miracle is, you know, something out of the normal, unusual, and definitely there's some sort of like, you know, wow factor when I think miracle. And I, as you've been telling your story, I've been thinking about that idea and, you know, God doing miracles and they don't always look the way I want. And then I'm thinking, is it a miracle when God just does what God does? <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I mean, for me, that's miraculous, but for God, it's just like, eh, yeah, this is what I do, man. This is, this is my job, yeah. you know? And, and, um, but for the recipient, when you get that thing that you don't know where or how or whatever, and God's just like, I know so much more than you do, and I love you so much, I'm just going to go ahead and do this for you and quit worrying, Paul. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I have to keep reminding myself is like, if God has this, he's not going to goof it up. Yeah. He, he doesn't have butterfingers. He's not clumsy. He's not a... a, a you know, wishy-washy, milk toast kind of God. Oh, 22 I'm up to points. 22 so far. Uh, he is God, and uh, and He will come through, and He does come through all the time. All Yesterday, the time. today, and tomorrow yes. is the same. You know, thing. Yeah. So, so where are you now with stuff? What are you? How are you spending your time now that you're not with a bunch of little rugrats and ankle biters uh, at a preschool? Um, what's life like now? Uh, for faith? Uh, well, my kids are still, as we're recording this, my kids are still in school. So some of it is still driving back and forth to school. Uh, my youngest son is in basketball. So we've got some games. Um, up until a few weeks ago, I was helping Dan with preaching, and mm -hmm. um, he would do half of a sermon, and I would do the other half. He just recently started feeling good enough to where he could do a whole sermon. But most of my day at home is just spent, uh, it has mostly been spent going to doctors, um, making sure Dan eats on the right schedule, because with liver failure, you have, right. you have to get a certain amount of meds in, you have to get a certain amount of protein in, you have to, like I have to balance a lot of things and it's... You have to be a nutritionist on top of being a cook. Yeah, and a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a lot of most of my day is filled just with um, with Dan and helping him. How do you feed faith? Um, sometimes that's more difficult, but um, you know, every now and then I try to do. I try. I strive for once a week for doing something just for myself. Sometimes I'll go uh, down to the beauty well, the beauty store and get my eyebrows waxed or a manicure. And, 
Uh, yesterday, I got to go on a cavalcade of carbohydrates. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's yeah, we, we we walked all over the place uh, downtown Portland, just grazed our way through the city. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but just being in my kitchen and cooking is 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 good for my soul. Yeah, and you know that's what I'm all about: feeding yeah. people and and uh, feeding my family and other people and. Yeah, and I know as you know, I was primary caregiver for my father when he was uh, in his final stages of cancer. It's exhausting mentally, emotionally, so drained, and it's just I felt a responsibility to my family to always be the upbeat, positive one. And then I was just I was so spent. I'd never been so emotionally drained. Mm. And, and it is. It's important for those caregivers because in order to give good care to the person you're trying to care for, we have to care for ourselves too. Yeah. Which can be, for me, sometimes counterintuitive. It's like, I don't want to spend this time and energy on me. I want to spend it on that person. But I'm no good to them if I'm not good to myself. Right. And, and that's a, a, a tricky balancing act for me yeah. to do. And, and I had the, I say benefit, I, I had the knowledge that mine was... My, my dad was terminal and there was an end on it. So I, you know, felt like, all right, I can rob myself of some sleep and whatnot because this will not be going on indefinitely. And with Dan, Dan's, Dan's not terminal. Right. Uh, Dan's, you know, we're looking for that liver transplant and then, you know, going back. And I, my daughter went to school with a girl who had a liver transplant, you know, 25 years ago and is got two kids now and you know so it's 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 definitely survivable yeah and for me sometimes that's hard because i don't know like all right well i can just all i have to do is hang on for you know 48 more hours and then i can sleep yours is like well if i don't sleep tonight then i don't sleep tomorrow then i don't you know when you know it, it's an ongoing thing right so so i think that probably would be more difficult for me um but maybe it's smarter to you know it would make it so I'd have to take those times to, to do that. So, yeah, not not easy for sure. Not easy. And, yeah, and when you, and especially because um, there's more people I'm responsible for at my house, not just my husband. You know, yeah. I've got to deal with kids and um, a church. Yeah. If Dan's not, if Dan's not in the right mindset, I got to make sure church is still going on and, and then that's responsible. So, yeah, it can get tricky. Yeah. Balancing all the cards and... And still taking care of yourself. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully we get the liver coming and then that's going to be... A little, even more. More so, yeah. More so. Yeah, three months of some serious recovery. Yes. And um, I'll have only one kid in school, but if we do a live transplant, we'll have to um, go somewhere else because we don't do live transplants in Oregon. So if I have to go to California, we'll have to stay in California for probably three months or Arizona or Colorado where they wherever they do it and wherever we if yeah. we if that's the route we end up going then I have to pull my kid out of school I've got to figure out how to do school with him yeah um, and then deal with taking care like there it is super intense to take care of somebody who has a has a organ transplant right so goes up a notch <laughs> yeah, quite, yeah several notches yeah well um, 
I know that there's people out there listening who have either dealt with this or are dealing with this. And I just, I'm really thankful that you're willing to share your story. If you're going through something, don't go through it alone. Uh, you can you can write to the show and we can try to find help or support for you. Uh, if you want to write to the show, it's bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or you can write intern Dave, which is info at messituppodcast.com and we can get that information and try to help you out. If you want to help the show, if you want to help the ministry, Messed Up Ministries, you can become a patron as little as a dollar a month, but you can do more if you want uh, we love our patrons. They make it so that we're able to get the show done. And like I said, the prisons are opening back up. So we're going to be back in here uh, in July. Hopefully we'll be back in the prisons doing uh, hands-on ministry with those guys. So uh, we really appreciate that. You can get to our Patreon page by going to messituppodcast.com. Click become a patron and it'll give you all the information you want. Faith, thank you so much for being here and doing this. Thank you. Uh, thank you for feeding me. Of course. Um, we're going to have something wonderful for lunch here in a little while, I'm hoping as well. Um, and you guys, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to pass it on. Share it on your social media. I use the hashtag TuneInTuesday because we come out on Tuesdays. Uh, but the more people that listen to the show, the more blessings we can get. If you've got a story, send us an email. Let us know because we'd love to have you on the show as well. And I don't think there's anything left to do, but tell people we'll see you next time we mess it up. See ya. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. I'll try not to touch the table because I know when I go like this, y'all. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs>